Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. She was there, and then she vanished. I'm about to call police, Charlie. Where are you? It started getting real. This is serious. Like, I went up to here. And now, a family is in crisis. And the whole reason why she left her home late that night was to help him. We have questions for him. And an entire community bands together to find this radiant young woman. Everybody's looking, everybody's talking about it. It's in everybody's face. It's not just Charlie who is missing. We were racing against time. It's also her unborn baby. I just kept thinking she's out there in the brush, pregnant. Witness an extraordinary group of people coping with a harrowing situation. What do you think? This is where your detectives come into play. A private investigator digs deeper to help make sense of the mystery. It's an active investigation. It's a hot case, not a cold case. Join the fight for justice in this special edition of Disappeared. Carly Joanne Scott, known as Charlie, went missing on the island of Maui on February 9th, 2014. This responsible young woman was reportedly last seen by her friend whose car had broken down on the side of the road. Her friends and family have been tirelessly searching ever since. As much as I love Hawaii, I've been really angry with the jungle lately because it's been preventing myself and others from, you know, easily doing what we need to do, which is search and find her. We're talking about 30 miles of cliffs and the most intense jungle on Earth. Bottom line is we know damn well she's not leaving her little sister. We know damn well she's not leaving her dogs. She had a happy life here. Searchers must prepare themselves for any unforeseen danger while out in the jungle. One for pig, one for man. 
They constantly keep their eyes peeled for anything yeah, that's what we were saying. that will lead them to Charlie. My brain hurts from trying to think of all the potential places starting to really piss me off and fucking wear me out at the same time. I am going nuts. The longer it goes on, the more determined we are to find her. We're just not going to give up. We're just not going to give up. The day Charlie went missing played out in painful slow motion for her mother, Kimberlyn Scott. What led up to us realizing that she was missing was basically um, she didn't show up Monday morning. Um, she usually brought me her laundry. Charlie only lives a few miles away in a neighboring town. And so I had called, uh, no answer, which didn't surprise me too much because she uh, would have been at work by that time. And uh, when she's at work, she's at work. Charlie works as an administrator for a gallery and art center called the Hui Noe Yao. I was here on Monday and she didn't come in and because um, it was very unusual. She had worked on Sunday. Uh, she was a really hard worker and so, I mean she's here when I come in every morning she's the first one here with her truck is there and um, and then on Monday when she didn't come in we thought um, you know maybe she was sick and we started texting and then it just was not good. Her empty desk has been a constant reminder that Charlie is missing. She never showed. And uh, that was one of those moments where I knew something really bad was happening. And why is that? Because Charlie never doesn't show. 27-year-old Charlie is one of five sisters living in Maui in a town close to her mother, Kimberlyn Scott, and stepfather, Johnny Pipkin. According to family and friends, Charlie has always been adored by those who know her. One of the kindest, most generous people that I've ever come across in my life, and through and through a good person. In addition to her day job, Charlie is within months of getting her license in cosmetology. She was really carving a life out for herself. So when Charlie announced to her family a few months earlier that she was pregnant with her ex-boyfriend's child and thrilled with the prospect of motherhood, her family embraced the idea. She really overnight just blossomed. Charlie's responsibilities shifted from always looking after those around her to caring for herself and her unborn baby. She used to be part of the normal a scene for her age group, you know, the raves and having drinks with her friends and all that had changed. She was really, really committed to having this baby and raising it well. As the day Charlie went missing progressed, Kimberlyn recalls texting her daughter repeatedly. I said, do you want to have an early dinner with me? I was at 3.36 and then where the bleep are you? So I was already getting kind of panicked by 9 o'clock. Charlie's mom and Charlie's 16-year-old sister, Phaedra, go to Charlie's house to see for themselves why they've had nothing but silence from Charlie all day. We broke into her house, and Zoe was in there, her dog. There was no dog food, no water for Zoe. 
These are cardinal sins in Charlie's eyes. You never, ever leave your pet without food and water. Kimberlin notices that Charlie's other pit bull, Nala, who would have been with her that night, is missing. I believe that's when I did the cell phone. It's Life 360. I have all the family members on it. Life 360 is a cell phone app that serves as a tracking device for families and friends. And it showed that the last GPS ping from her cell phone was at 10.56 on Sunday night at Kenai Peninsula. Kenai is a remote part of the island, 20 miles from Charlie's home. Knowing Kenai Peninsula and that it's not necessarily a place that a young pregnant mother would go and, and hang out or spend the night at, I was really scared by then. The only way to get to KNI is by taking the Hana Highway, an infamous coastal road carved into the cliffside, known for its dangerous hairpin turns. By day, tourists flock to the road to experience the breathtaking views. But by night, the darkness makes for a potentially perilous journey that locals are often forced to navigate. Phaedra and I were going over a list of names of who she could possibly have gone to see and there's only that one person that she would go and do something for in the middle of the night and not tell anyone. Her ex-boyfriend, Stephen Capobianco. Family members say that Charlie would do anything for Stephen, the father of her unborn child. Although the couple has been broken up for well over a year, they are still friends, and sometimes more. They weren't together, but I know in the past they used to meet all the time in secluded places in the middle of the night and hook up, and it was a secret. Like, Charlie would tell me, I'd never hear it from Stephen. Charlie loves Stephen, and there was no one else. There hasn't been anyone else for a very long time. After finding Zoe abandoned at Charlie's home, her family is eager to find Stephen and ask him if he has seen Charlie, but they can't locate him. 1019, I'm about to call police, Charlie, where are you? Having done all she can on her own, Kimberlyn calls the Maui Police Department to file a missing person report. I absolutely knew there was something, something very, very wrong. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's February 10th, 2014. And 27-year-old Charlie Scott is pregnant and has been missing for 24 hours. An officer from the Maui Police Department has been dispatched to Charlie's parents' home at 10.45 p.m. so that Kimberlyn Scott can file a missing persons report for her daughter. I told him she hadn't shown up to work that we knew of, that we knew that she had gone to Kenai Peninsula and was there at 10.56 at night, which was completely out of the norm. What is even more puzzling for Charlie's family is that they were with her just 24 hours before calling the police. Charlie had stopped by the family's home in Haiku around 6 p.m. for dinner and a visit with her sisters. We all saw her at Brooke's house watching Disney cartoons on Brooke's bed in her room. All of the girls were all piled on the bed together. When Charlie was here on Sunday night, because we were all trying to crowd on here but Charlie was kicked back like this and she was talking about how the baby was kicking right then I touched for a second but it, I don't know it it, it had like a, a funny effect on me she seemed really 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 happy Charlie's mother, Kimberlyn, also recalls noting how her daughter was glowing that night. I had walked to the gate and she was standing there with her hand on her belly, rubbing her belly. She had just told us two weeks before that she had begun feeling the baby move. That's what sticks with me is that uh, she's very happy about this. Very excited to be a mom. Charlie left right at about eight o'clock that evening, and she did not tell anyone that she was going anywhere else but home. It was a totally perfect night. I wish she could have stayed longer. Of course, I wish a bunch of things about that night. At first light, Charlie's family is off to search the Hana Highway and beyond for themselves. One of the best scenarios I could think of is that she had rolled her car and just couldn't get to her phone. 
I just kept thinking we, she's out there in the brush and she's possibly injured, pregnant, and she needs us to find her. The terrain is daunting. Charlie's family inspects every sharp turn and narrow passage to see if it is a possible crash site. One of our hopes was maybe she just went off the road or she crashed down there, but they didn't see her, didn't have her car, nobody saw her, you know, all day Monday when we were looking. We found nothing. As the daylight starts to fade, the searchers return to the family's home in the town of Haiku. I got really panicky that the sun was going down and she was going to be out there, and I just didn't know where she was. Later that evening, Charlie's family learns new information about Charlie's last known whereabouts. Her ex-boyfriend, Stephen, is saying that Charlie went to his house around 8.30 p.m. the night she went missing. He had asked her to come out and help him retrieve his car. It was either stuck or broken down. He told me that she had picked him up from his house and that she drove him out to go fix his truck. I guess the battery was dead or something. Kimberlin says that Stephen told her it only took a matter of seconds for him to get his car running again. She never got out of her car. Then he basically started driving back. And he says that her headlights were in his rearview mirror all the way to Ulalena, which is a street that's only about 10, 15 minutes from here. At that point, around the area of Twin Falls, Stephen reportedly lost sight of Charlie in his rearview mirror. He knew nothing about her being missing until Tuesday morning. When Charlie's friends hear about her disappearance and the circumstances surrounding it, fear and confusion are unleashed. It could be anybody, you know, she could have picked up a hitchhiker, you know, all of these things run through your head and it just, it really scares me. While police plan an official search for Charlie, her family and friends continue their efforts by using social media to plead for the community's help. By Tuesday night, we had been all over Facebook, you know, trying to see if anybody had seen her and you know, I posted a picture of her vehicle. I've never been so afraid in all my life. The only thing keeping me in my skin is how frightened she must be. It's so dark, Nikki. Where is my daughter? Charlie's story makes the evening news. Family members say they last saw 27-year-old Carly Jones Scott two days ago at her sister's home in Haiku. Carly's mom says she checked her daughter's home yesterday in Makawao, but no one was there. I can't find anything. I can't find her. And... This will be the third, the third night she's missing. Everybody pretty much knew within that 28 to 48 hour period and word spreads everywhere pretty much that fast. The internet instantly spreads the story of Charlie's disappearance far beyond the tight-knit island community. Former detective and private investigator Gary Miko begins following Charlie's case from 5,000 miles away in New Jersey. You can see that there's a lot going on, a lot of emotion going on, a lot of family and community support, law enforcement, everybody's busy, but they're in Maui and you're in New Jersey and you can't wait to get there. Gary specializes in missing person cases and has made it his mission to help families get the assistance they need. 
So to be able to take what I've learned through missing person cases that I've worked and be able to plug that into someone today and be able to help that family, it's a great opportunity. Back in Maui, the media attention seems to be working. A credible lead comes in. It's the first bit of hope Charlie's family has received in 48 hours. Nala, Charlie's dog who was with her when she went missing, has been located. And with any luck, Charlie will be found close by. The dog's found somewhere here at the marketplace. Not a speck of dirt and mud, and it's always this area is always wet, damp, and muddy around here. So it's kind of odd that that dog just showed up um, perfectly in health. Nala was found safe 25 miles from where Stephen says he lost sight of Charlie's car in the opposite direction from her home. That presents an enigma to all of us. There's no way that Nala traversed from Ulalena Road all the way back to Nahiku marketplace where she was found. There's just no way. Since all who know Charlie agree that she would never have left Nala alone, there is only one logical conclusion for them about the dog. To us, it seems that somebody who knew her basically took her out there and dropped her off, knowing that she'd be picked up or seen. There's something else that continues to stump the family, which is the location of Charlie's last cell phone ping. Unless she turned off her phone voluntarily or the battery died, they can't understand why her cell phone activity stopped in Kianai, miles before the location where the family says Stephen told them his car broke down. This is real good phone reception right here. Her phone would have pinged right up here. And it shows that she didn't even go past this point. And now, with Nala home safe, the urgency to find Charlie intensifies. Her family eagerly waits for sunrise to get back out on the highway. We are racing against time. She's lost or she's injured or there's a clue, there's something we'll find that will lead us to her and it's imperative that we do it quickly. The fire department search and rescue joined in. They also gave us really excellent maps, which helped immensely. And once that happened, things got really organized. Later that day, Robert Scott, Charlie's father, arrives from the mainland to help search for his daughter. Finally joined up with Kim at the Haiku Community Center. Just began to try to absorb the scale and the things that were going on. While the search continues between Hana and KNI, the area where Charlie's cell phone made its last ping, others are targeting areas close to home, where Stephen, Charlie's ex-boyfriend, has told Charlie's family and friends he lost sight of her in his rearview mirror. And the whole reason why she left her home late that night was to help him. We have questions for him. It's in this vicinity where a friend of the family makes a terrifying discovery. Her car was torched. The shell of Charlie's SUV is found in an area called Peahi, far from where her cell phone last pinged. The location is infamous as a surfing mecca and a place where people are rumored to go to engage in criminal behavior. Every corner that you go around at Peahi, there is a burned out vehicle or a stripped car or, you know, trash that could be something. Johnny, Charlie's stepfather, goes to Peahi to see the car for himself. 
He said that the inside of the car was torched, the front grill was either melted or missing, which he had made that grill for Charlie. It was the correct license plate. That really was kind of a pivotal moment for all of us, knowing that she didn't have her car anymore. At this point, any scenario Charlie's family imagines is chilling. Maybe somebody's got a different agenda and she's just stuck away in somebody's, you know, tool shed in the back. Who knows? Dozens of volunteers join forces with police as the search intensifies. We take an orange ribbon and tie it to where we begin. And if we find anything that looks suspicious, put two orange markers on those spots. Charlie's friend, Lydia Gaines, is doing her part by bringing out her horses to sweep hard-to-reach areas. So we're trying to stay in groups, so if there's a situation where we're without cell phone, we can have people stay with her, and then someone else can go and call for help. Lydia and her husband, Adam, are particularly close to Charlie. She would always ride a horse named Magic, and that's her favorite. He's a little white Arab that looks close enough to a unicorn that that worked for her. That was Charlie, or is Charlie's favorite animal, is a unicorn. Finding Charlie safe takes on a greater meaning for Adam and Lydia. They've been planning on helping Charlie raise the baby. The father of her child was not very, uh, shall we say, active in being a father. My wife and I don't have children and aren't planning on uh, having children of our own. Charlie planned on living with Adam and Lydia once the baby was born. I was with her uh, at her first doctor's appointment when we heard her baby's heartbeat for the first time together. I was holding her hand. Charlie's abrupt disappearance baffles Adam. She was at a good place in her life, and there wasn't anything that she was running from or anyone that she was running from. She was probably the happiest that I've seen her in the seven years that I've known her. Meanwhile, Charlie's youngest sister, 16-year-old Phaedra, can't shake the feeling that she needs to go to the area where Charlie's cell phone last pinged. She keeps having spots going, I, I just need to get here. I just need to get here. And so far, she's been the hot hitter. I, I just wanted to search it myself. I didn't, I didn't want to have someone else say, yeah, we searched it. I wanted to see it. Phaedra's instincts are right. She uncovers crucial evidence. The clothing she was wearing that night, her shoes, all of it was found out there. The next day, police cordon off the area and do an official search. Charlie's family says that more of Charlie's belongings that would have been in her car are recovered by the police. So they came and they actually dug down. I think they found the blanket 10 or 20 feet in, and then the rest of her stuff were all found down by the river. The implications are terrifying for Charlie's family. I know she isn't wandering around naked. 
That was also a moment where we all had to stop and, and realize and ingest and digest what was happening and what the evidence was pointing to. But until all the evidence found at the scene can be positively identified and processed for DNA, Charlie's case is still being handled as a missing person investigation. Soon the days turn into weeks, yet Charlie's family remains persistent in their search. Former New Jersey detective Gary Miko has been closely monitoring Charlie's case. The most important thing to remember at this point is this is a missing person case. It's not a homicide. It's not anything more. Although family and police have recovered substantial evidence, until authorities process these items, they cannot confirm foul play. It seemed like, especially in the first few days, we were finding a lot of stuff. You know, vehicle turned up, her clothing turned up, and it seemed like, you know, maybe we were getting close to being able to find her. Um, but I don't know, it seems less and less likely. And there are still crucial personal effects of Charlie's that were with her the night she went missing that have yet to be found. I mean, her computer is gone, her wallet's gone, no one's touched her bank account, her phone is gone, her car is destroyed. There's obviously some kind of foul play. How long are you gonna keep searching? Indefinitely. If you saw just what we've covered already, it, it doesn't even hardly scratch the surface. Yeah, I'm not leaving Mally until we find her. So far, Maui's search and rescue teams have combed over 100 square miles of rugged terrain. Weather like this, unfortunately, has us fighting an uphill battle. This is like Maui's sort of Grand Canyon. But see how much of this land we need to freaking search still. All the way up to the top of that mountain is still potential areas. The longer it goes on, the more determined we are to find her. We're just not going to give up. Gary Miko travels to Maui to see if he can give Charlie's family any new insight into her case. His experience in law enforcement and missing persons investigations makes him a valuable asset to Charlie's family. I'm getting a look at the terrain, heavy, thick, mountainous, surrounded by water, lots of cliffs. It's a breathtaking sight if you're a tourist, and I would think a nightmare if you've got to conduct this search. Gary hopes to get a first-hand look at the key locations in Charlie's case. He begins by accompanying Johnny, Charlie's stepfather, to Peahi, where Charlie's car was torched. Plate was on the rear. Just burnt. Just burnt. It's unclear whether the stripping and burning of Charlie's car has something to do with her disappearance or is an unrelated crime perpetrated by someone who found her vehicle abandoned. This is where her car was on the side. Let's stop and get out. Charlie's car was taken from here by the Maui Police Department and currently sits in an impound lot as evidence. Johnny recalls first coming here and processing the fact that the burned-out car was his stepdaughter's. Back of vehicles here. Okay. 
So this is the front, it's and it was on its side, and I seen the hatchback open. I was like, ah, oh, shit. Oh, God, she had a freaking hatchback. It's a moment that lives on as a family nightmare. But for Gary, from an investigative point of view, seeing the remnants of the burned-out hull so far from where the other clues have surfaced only heightens the mystery. Having three separate scenes associated with this missing person and no sign of the person themselves. The ex-boyfriend saw her in his rearview mirror and then didn't see her anymore. A dog found several miles in the opposite direction. Her clothing was found off the beaten path. And then the vehicle itself showing up days later in a fourth location even further away. It just doesn't make sense. The next day, Gary drives out to the family home to meet with Charlie's mother, Kimberlyn. Kim. Yes, I'm Gary. Kim. It's nice so nice you. to meet you. Aloha. So show me around. Show me what you have. Do you have maps? Do you have... Uh, yeah, we do have maps. We have books. We have... Let's see how I can help you. All right. Charlie's mother shows Gary detailed logs of everything they've been doing in the last three weeks to try to find Charlie. These are some of the areas that we've covered. When I first met the family, you can feel the pain, you can feel the struggle, you can feel the raw emotion. What I need to do is, is not be emotional, is to, to stand back and away from it and look at it. This ground. It's good thinking. And see what they've done and what I can do to help. Are your searchers trained, or, or are they being taught what to look for? Basically, we talk about how to handle any possible evidence that you're not to step on it, don't pick it up, don't touch it. Whatever is found here in searches, that needs to be turned over to law enforcement so they can all proceed together. The, the last thing I want is for anything to be compromised. Exactly. Of course, we want answers, but we can be patient, too. Yeah, that's, that's the key word. You know that. Wait. Convinced Charlie's family is doing what needs to be done in the field. Click on missing persons. Gary directs Kimberlin and Brooke to a website that he says is crucial for families of the missing to be aware of. And those are the missing females in Hawaii. You'll see the dates, you'll see their names. It's a national database called NamUs, which links unidentified bodies to missing persons through matching DNA, dental records, and fingerprints. They'll need a case report number and then we'll set this up to help set it up. Although Charlie's family is grateful to Gary for showing them this resource, entering Charlie's data into NamUs forces them to face the fact that Charlie is likely deceased. And the question that keeps everyone who knows Charlie awake at night is who could have possibly wanted to harm her? Charlie didn't make enemies. Charlie made friends. You know, she was heart and soul. This isn't something random. Whatever's going on here, it's going on because of somebody that she trusted. While the Maui Police Department has yet to name a suspect relating to Charlie's disappearance, they are naming a person of interest. And can you identify who those persons of interest are? Right now, uh, one, of the, one of the persons of interest is an ex-boyfriend. Police say that Stephen Capobianco, Charlie's ex-boyfriend, has cooperated with the investigation and that he did agree to a polygraph test. Is it true that he passed or failed the polygraph? I'm not going to go into specific details of what was said or what uh, happened during the interview. According to a report filed by Hawaii News Now, 
Stephen himself commented on the results during a phone interview. The police told me I failed, he said. They didn't make me take it again. I'm honestly not convinced I failed. I think they might have just said that as a tactic, but I really don't know. I'm walking around right now without handcuffs on. Ever since Charlie went missing, many of her friends and family have been puzzled by Stephen's behavior and question his version of events. There's things that we know are wrong about what he said. He just seems scared, but he doesn't seem very upset. And that's weird. And there's one more thing about Stephen that Charlie's family and friends can't seem to shake. He wasn't happy about the pregnancy. And that weighs pretty heavily on all of us. He was not happy about it. And um, that was something that pretty much everyone knew. According to Hawaii News Now, Stephen told a reporter that the idea of becoming a dad was growing on him. What do you think? Yeah. What does that mean to you? These are the kind of questions that we have of you. What does That's that pure, mean? Pure speculation. Well, we're all speculating. This is where your detectives come into play. Because of his experience as a detective, Gary Miko recognizes that there is likely much more going on behind the scenes than the authorities are able to share with Charlie's family. It's a process. It takes time. They're not going to want to pull the trigger too quick. They want to make yeah. sure they have all their ducks in a row. It's an active investigation. It's a hot investigation. It's a hot case, not a cold case. Where are you headed? We're going to go meet with the detectives and then roll out to a hot spot. This can break today, tomorrow, or the next day. It's time for Gary to head back home, but he will continue to follow Charlie's case and lend the family advice. We respect the investigation. We respect the family. We don't want to interfere with that in any way. We want to make sure this case moves along. Charlie's friends have organized an event to increase awareness about violence towards women and raise funds to keep the searches going. All right, you guys, thank you. We need to find out what happened. We need to find Charlie. We need justice. We need closure. That's what we want. The fundraiser is also a way for those searching for Charlie to take a break from the nightmare they've been living. Brooke's life has taken a dramatic turn since the day Charlie went missing. She quit her job and is a central force behind the searches for her sister. And, like Charlie, Brooke is also pregnant with her first child. We knew we wanted to raise the babies together. That was going to be really, I mean, really exciting. But Brooke and Charlie's dream that was so close to becoming a reality seems to be crumbling with each passing day. The truth is it's so deeply connected to what me and Charlie wanted to do with our whole lives that it's hard, right? It's really hard. It's really hard. Three and a half weeks after Charlie vanished, her family is informed of a major development in the case, which changes everything. Maui police wanted to inform us that they had conclusive evidence that there was a homicide, that, there was, that Charlie was dead. 
Police won't elaborate further and have not made any arrests, though Stephen Capobianco still remains the only person of interest. It's just went from missing persons to a homicide. All I know is that they confirmed that she has passed and it was her. And just like that, the glimmer of hope Kimberlyn and her family clung to is gone. They don't even make a word for what I am right now. You can be an orphan, you can be a widow or a widower, but uh, they don't have a word for parents that lose their children. As we say, it's a different room in, inside of purgatory. Who knew that purgatory wasn't just one big room of crap? Walked out of one space into another empty space. Since Charlie's case has been reclassified as a homicide, the search for her has a new direction. So we just want to try and cover that area again, maybe get the dog, see if the dog hits on something. It's imperative they find her remains, which could lead police to her killer. Identifying a body or a body part it brings conclusion for a family. There's no feeling good in it for the detective, the missing person detective who solves the case if the person's deceased. You bring closure to the family, but there's no happiness. We do not have her, so we're still looking and trying to collect as much evidence out there as we can, help the police however we can. Charlie's loved ones decide it is now time to plan a memorial service to honor Charlie and her unborn child, a boy she was going to name Joshua Aiden. Charlie's memorial is held at Maui's Baldwin Beach on a very windy Sunday in March. This is one of Charlie's favorite places in the world. Her family and friends gather to celebrate her life and the life of Joshua Aiden, which was only about to begin. Two papier-mâché unicorns and a canoe, all handmade for this event, are adorned with handwritten notes and Hawaiian lays. Charlie's loved unicorns. She always loved unicorns. They're like mythical creatures, you know, like just like Charlie. This is something that would have really made my daughter very happy. I just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my, my mother's heart for all of you being here over and over again. I'd like to say thank you to my community for, in a way, saving me from myself. I can see how it would be really, really easy to just hate. You walk around wondering, who am I sharing the same air with the person who did something to my child? In the course of just one day, the lives of all who knew and loved Charlie Scott were changed forever. The ripple effects are unimaginable, extending far beyond the island of Maui. I don't want her to fade into the pages of history as just another face, you know? We are Charlie, you know, all of us. Every mother, every grandmother, every sister, and her baby is us too. They're a part of our family, collectively, and I don't want to see them forgotten.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.